Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Rank Up, where you'll learn to become an elite instructor and grow your martial arts school. In today's episode, we're going to answer the question, why were you born? So a little bit deeper than maybe you were expecting, um, but this is such an important question to ponder upon, and it allows you to have more alignment in your life in general. And if you're not really living your life's purpose right now, by really dissecting this question and really almost just allowing the answer to rise to the surface and not fighting what the answer is, um, you're able to live a happier life because, again, you're aligned with your purpose, with what you're really designed to do. I really believe that everyone has a unique gift to give the world, and life is conspiring for your success and for your good. If you look at all of nature, all animals, all plants, the entire ecosystem, everyone plays a part, whether it be the sun and then plants using photosynthesis to create food and the whole food chain and then even decomposers and things that we think of as pests and animals that we don't really like in our lives, but they're all a part of the system, right? So think of yourself as having this unique skill, this unique gift that you are meant to give to the world. And when you do that, you're in perfect harmony, alignment, you're feeling amazing and fulfilled because you're doing what you were made to do. That doesn't mean you can't do a lot of different things. You could be a renaissance man or woman. Um, and in a way, that could be your skill, being able to learn things quickly and teach them to others or being able to do a lot of different crafts. But all in all, we really want to dig into this question today. And if you don't really know the answer, I'm going to give you some other ways to find out what your deepest purpose is. For. So clearly, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you already teach martial arts or you're considering starting a school soon or starting a class or something like that. And that's probably because you feel very passionate about this and you have this really powerful feeling and, and this special energy whenever you're in the classroom, whenever you're doing martial arts and you're showing these things and transforming lives, right? That's what I feel whenever I'm in that class. I kind of transform into a different place and person almost. It's really amazing. But let's go ahead and get into it today. So the question of why was I born? Okay, that's the question. Think about that a little bit. Hmm. What immediately comes to the surface? What comes to the surface? Whenever you think of that, you might even think, I don't know. I don't really know why I was born. I don't really, sometimes I'm wondering why I even exist. I don't see a purpose to my life. I don't really want to be here sometimes. And you know, this and that, and you might think of all these shadows and challenges and negativity in your past. Just release all of that. Think about the most positive aspect of what you can give to others and what really fulfills you and fills you up while you're doing it. So for me, the answer that I come back to typically, again, this is me, so you don't have to copy it. It just needs to be whatever makes sense to you when you ask yourself that, is to help others on their paths of self-mastery. To help Everyone that I come in contact with on their own personal path of self-mastery. You're like, okay, what does that mean? So to me, that means everyone is on a path of self-improvement or self-mastery. Self-mastery could be considered enlightenment, or it could just be considered having a total level of control and discipline over your mind and body and spirit and doing things for the right reasons and literally having total control. Like You're not at the whim of addictions. You're not at the whim of relationship swings and the economy or um, a war that's going on or news that breaks out. You're so still and rock solid within 
that you become a guiding light for others because they look to you and cling to you whenever they're going through difficult times. Um, so that's really why I feel like I was born. And in my life, I've been led to do teaching-style roles, whether it be teaching martial arts classes, creating programs to help martial arts instructors learn how to become great martial arts instructors, or helping entrepreneurs to start, grow, and improve their business and their personal life as well. So even if I try to get away from this and go into a corner and just read books all day or pray and meditate all day or do something away from what my purpose is, I tend to get drawn back out to this area of teaching and and for some reason as well in the martial arts area. I do love doing martial arts. It's an amazing lifestyle. It's amazing for your mind, body, and spirit. I enjoy it. But it's interesting how I've been pulled back to this area. Um, I went through a, a very difficult time of chronic pain that took me out of being able to train in martial arts for uh, over three years, actually. And it was very, very difficult, and I wasn't able to teach because of it. And So I went to writing children's books, and I created a learning system called Booklingual where people or kids could actually learn a new language through reading books. Uh, but again, the, the world essentially kind of led me back that I'm supposed to be here in this place through martial arts and through helping others. So what I'm saying is that we don't always know why, but we're guided back to doing something that we're most well set out to do, that we are most well created to do. Last night I was at a local meetup of conscious entrepreneurs that I organized here in the Dallas area, and I was speaking to a woman there who was explaining how every time she gets these random jobs, she either gets fired or something happens in her life, and she just feels like she's always knew internally she was supposed to start her own business. She was supposed to do these more purposeful things, but she was afraid. She didn't know how. She's like, a job is safe. It's secure. You don't have to really think about what's going to happen next. They just tell you what to do, and you do the work, and you get paid, and it's scary to take that risk, but the world keeps forcing her to basically get to the point where, hey, you just got to do this. And that, that happens in our lives that, you know, we might have a job that we lose. And then this is our opportunity to open that martial arts school and start teaching. We know we're passionate about it. We know we can change lives through it, but we've been resisting. Um, so you might be in a transformational or transitional moment like that in your life right now. So in dissecting the question, why was I born, I want to give you something to think about that can help you really meld and kind of mold the answer if you don't have the what you think is the right answer. And there's no right answer, really. It's what resonates with you at the moment. But the question is, what are three skills that I have that I can give to others or to the world? So what are three skills that are very unique to you? You're really good at this. They might be kind of odd things that other people might even be annoyed by, but you're really good at this stuff. You might be really, really, really good at remembering people's names and faces. You're just great. Anyone you meet, you remember their face, their name, you remember their mom's name and their dog's name. You have this unique ability to connect with human beings. You're a connector. You're probably a very social person who enjoys that. You want to remember that that's one of the three skills that I want you to consider right now. It's either write down or just hold into your mind. What's another skill that you have? Maybe you're really organized. I mean, you walk into a friend's apartment or house and there's stuff everywhere. And you're like, oh, there's this, I just can't stand it. I've got to get out of here right now. Or I need to help you organize everything right now. You're very good at taking disorder and creating order around that. You're very good at organizing other people's thoughts and crazy ideals and wild ambitions 
and giving it structure, that is amazing. That is a very unique and useful skill. And you might be a healer. You might be someone who, when they're down, when they're sick, when they're in need, you might physically be able to help them heal, actually through some sort of energy work like Reiki or something different. Or you might just be able to be loving and serving and compassionate and be like a nurse or a doctor and giving them what they need to to recover. Um, but consider what three skills you have, or more or less, but just kind of um, whittle it down to a couple of the core skills that you're really, really good at. And when you do these things, you actually really enjoy it too. You feel like, hey, I'm really good at this. Like it could be creating art, and but you haven't been doing it because you don't think there's a way to make money around it. It could be teaching martial arts classes. It could be making a martial arts movie or TV show on the internet or something that just seems crazy and wild and that you would love to do. But don't think about the money. Don't think about the challenges. Don't think about the risks right now. Think about the three skills. And again, these are kind of leading you back to why you were born. The things that you're really meant to give to others that you're probably holding back because society is telling you that it has to be done a certain day, a certain way. So your parents always wanted you to go to school. They always wanted you to get this particular degree, had this type of job. You knew that, okay, this is the type of job I should have. I have my family now. We have a couple of kids. We have our American dream with our subdivision home and we have a couple of cars and we go to Disney World once a year or something like that. Maybe that totally fulfills you and you know you're the place you need to be and that's wonderful. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with all of that, but the actual day-to-day work that you're doing, if it's at a job or a place that isn't fulfilling you completely, it's probably because you're not actually living out your actual life's purpose. So if you guys can stay with me now, we're going to go ahead and open up the crypt of past traumas. This isn't something you're going to want to talk about or think about most likely, but we need to do it. I want you to think of the three most difficult challenges, obstacles, traumatic experiences, or events that have happened in your life. Oftentimes in our mind, we would probably say these things happened to us. Um, For example, maybe you were in a really bad car wreck. And you're like, oh, that drunk driver hit me. And because of that, I have a plate in my leg and my head now, which actually happened to my mom. So that's just an example. Another could be that you had this really bad chronic pain or that you had cancer or that you lost a loved one. You lost your, you lost your spouse or a child or a parent. Or, you know, think of the three things that have been those most difficult crucibles that you've been put through in your life and consider those. Now, they might still be recurring. It might be something that maybe it's some sort of back pain and you and it comes up every couple of months and it's really, really bad and you haven't overcome it yet or some sort of diet or, or nutritional challenge that is continuing to this day. What happens is that we tend to put so much negativity around these things and we look at the world coming to us. The world happened to us. Oh, my parents mistreated me this way. I was abused by this family member whenever I was a teenager. And we continue to run the pattern and the story in our head, whereas the past doesn't really exist anymore. So we're still holding on to that. And But let me continue. So I don't want you to get too upset about things like that. You might have had a business that failed. You had everything. Maybe you started a martial arts school. I know someone I was talking to just about a month ago, he was mentioning he was younger. He actually had the school passed on to him whenever he was 
I think, 20 years old. And uh, he, he wanted to do a good job, but he just didn't know the business side of things. He didn't really know how to manage it. Uh, a year later, it shut down, and he felt scarred by that. And ever since then, he's been afraid. He's been afraid to do it again, even though that's what he wants to do so bad. He's still teaching at other people's martial arts schools. He wants to have his own school. He knows he's he knows that he's meant to have his own school, but he's afraid because of something that happened in the past. What I want you to realize is, though, this is going to be a very difficult shift to make. Perhaps you already made it, but we want to look at the most difficult challenges in our life as blessings. We want to have gratitude for those things that were incredibly painful and difficult. You're not going to want to do that, most likely. But when we make that shift, first of all, we fully heal because we're no longer, no longer holding ourselves prisoner to the negativity, to the past event. And we're also able to look at it like, hey, thank you, life, or thank you, God, or whatever you'd like to say. Thank you so much, universe, for allowing this to happen to me because now... I know what it's like to go through that, and I can help others that are in that situation right now. I've lived through that. That's the workshop that I've been living that I can now be giving to others. And we have this level of gratitude, and it totally changes the way we see these difficult moments in our life. And we'll realize that we probably went through those things so that we can make our biggest gift and impact into the world. Now, do you have to be a Holocaust survivor or a prisoner of war survivor, for example, just to be able to do anything meaningful in the world. I'm not saying that, but of course life isn't easy. We all go through difficult challenges at different levels. We're not comparing. We're not going to say yours is more difficult than mine. You lost your arm in the war and I just lost my sister when I was a, a child. Like We're not going to compare pain and trauma. The thing is I want you to Forgive yourself for still holding on to those things and realize that they actually are designed to help you be your very best you in this now moment. And you can take your three core skills that you're uniquely good at. You can look at the most difficult challenges you've gone through and allow those things to guide you on your life's purpose and allow you to answer more clearly why you were born. So now that we've filtered down your life purpose and you probably have more clarity now as to what you're meant to do, let's talk about who you're actually meant to help. So when people ask me this question, who do you most want to help in the world? It's so hard for me to not answer it. I want to help everyone, because I do. I want to help anyone that's in need right now. And that's not very realistic, of course. So we want to really bring that down and, and minimize that to something that is more focused and concentrated. So who are you most passionate about helping? And what, what brings you the most joy and fulfillment in the moment and the most energy when it's happening? I really like teaching kids in person myself. I run a kids-only martial arts academy right now. Of course, I like working with adults too. And we have a lot of adult students primarily in the Global Martial Arts University that we work with. But I, I have this special passion for working with kids myself. And I'll tell you one reason I like working with 8 to 12-year-olds is that I feel like I'm able to imprint something meaningful into their life, into their mind, into their spirit, into their bodies as well, that will actually shape who they become as they grow up. Because once uh, someone is age, age 13 and above, typically, it's much harder to really change who they are, who their character is, who they're becoming. Of course, it can happen, but it's significantly harder. But I'm talking to these kids about 
vision this month, for example, empathy last month, and we're doing hard training and we're learning self-discipline and we're pushing our bodies past where it wants to go. And these things are actually going to help shape who they become. And if I can somehow know that I helped that person become a change maker or a world leader or a community um, a community volunteer of some sort, that's amazing that I was able to do that for that that human being. So that's why I really like working with kids, just to give you that example. You might be really passionate about working with abused women. Maybe you yourself were abused in the past or you had a mother that was abused and you really like to help give them and empower them through martial arts, something like Krav Maga or any self-defense or any martial art really gives them that empowerment to know, hey, I can take care of myself now. Hey, I'm strong. I, if someone chokes me, I know what to do now. Like I can take care of myself and I don't have to be afraid of the world anymore. So that could be something that you're really passionate about. You might be really passionate about the homeless and you love helping them and maybe you start a charity to help them out, but you really are also gifted at teaching martial arts or you might combine the two somehow. You might be passionate about working with veterans or you might be passionate about working with kids that have educational challenges or that have mental challenges or educational uh, issues, for example, and you want to help them out with a special class or special program that you go and do for them. So really think about who you most love to help. And if you can create a business or a life around that, you can do that and still have wealth, health, and happiness. You can do that and still be very successful financially and everything else. So a lot of people think they're mutually exclusive. Like, okay, you know, I need to make my money over here, running my martial arts school, teaching everyone, adults, kids, this and that run all the fitness classes, whatever it takes to make money. And then I'm going to do the special once a month abused, you know, women class or whatever you want to call it at this uh, center for women. Um, we don't have to be so mutually exclusive with our, our life's purpose and also with our day-to-day work, actually. So let's talk about the medium of how you can actually give your gifts to the world. How can I best give my gifts to those that I am meant to help? So we're talking about teaching martial arts. So clearly running a martial arts class or program of some sort is most likely going to be up your alley. You've probably already figured that out. But there could be other things. Maybe writing a book. Maybe you're also a writer and you want to take your creative side and combine that with helping others that are in your tribe or the people that you really want to support the most. Maybe you're a great speaker. I mean, whenever we teach a martial arts class, we need to be a great communicator, but you really want to impact a large group of people at once. You could do that and be a martial arts instructor and combine the two in some way. Um, You might want to also integrate health and wellness and fitness into your martial arts school at a level that isn't typically seen. So maybe it's so important to you that everyone's eating healthy, whole foods, locally grown foods maybe you have your own garden you grow you have your own animals that you raise you have your own chickens things like that and you actually start selling like homemade prepared foods at your martial arts school it's like a combined business where people come in they roll they do a brazilian jiu-jitsu class they grab the food they take it home and then they have a diet plan that's integrated in with health and wellness. So just an example of combining a couple of loves into one business and one thing that you do and one impact that you're overall trying to make because you really want to help people be healthier and you really want to help them have a more wholesome life and not be sick and broken and taking medicine all the time. Another thing is that maybe you've had pain in the past and you design a product, something that helps relieve pain. And again, that could be integrated in with 
your own students could be using it, and then you could also be selling this worldwide at the same time as you're teaching class. Um, clearly, starting your school, you could integrate not only teaching kids, but you could have a tutoring center. You could have a program for kids that are disadvantaged youth that get to come in after school and have a mentor work with them and get to do a free martial arts class. There are all these things that you could do, creative ideas. You don't have to do things the way that you think they need to be done. Like, okay, I have to start a martial arts school, and then and I run my classes, I run my business, and then once a year I make a donation to this charity that's meaningful to me. Maybe that's all. The, that's where you're at in your life, and that's okay. I'm not going to um, ostracize you or something, by no means. But I just want to make sure that you know that if you answered the question, why was I born? You answer that question, okay? Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand if you actually feel like you're living out your life purpose. So if you are, continue on and give thanks and have gratitude for the ability to do that. I think that's absolutely wonderful. If you're not, you might even want to listen to this episode again and really consider the skills you have, the obstacles you went through, the people you're most passionate about helping, and then the medium in which you could help them. And if you do that... I know, I know that you can design a life that works for you. I know you can design a life that will be more fulfilling. And you can still have those base structures in place. Your health, your wellness, overall happiness, of course, relationships, financially. You can design a business model that's uniquely designed to your purpose that could very well make you much more money than typical business models because you're doing something different. Doing something different is better than doing something better. So for today's question, I have a more personal question that I was asked, what are some of your favorite books? I've read a lot of books I love to read. I'm going to mention some that are a little bit more relevant to me right now, um, and some of them I've also read in the past. So the first one is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. The Power of Now I read for the first time in 2012, and I'll admit I was in the throes of running my school and very achievement, very future focused in general. So it was very timely for me to be like, okay, I need to remember that the future doesn't actually exist. It's not the, everything happens right now. The past can only, the past is already past, right? You can think about the past as a memory right now. You could plan for the future and fantasize about the future in your head constantly, but it all happens right now. So it was good for me. As I read it again, I've read it, I think, four or five times now, the spiritual truths are significantly deeper than I originally realized. It's just an absolutely incredible book. And it doesn't matter if you're Christian or Buddhist or any other sort of religious, if if you're attached to a particular religion, this book is still incredibly useful. And it's the first book I recommend to people always. So if you haven't read The Power of Now, definitely read that book. If you really do enjoy it, um, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle is also very good. So these are books I just recently read that I highly recommend. And one is Emergence, E-M-E-R-G-E-N-C-E, and The Abundance Project by Derek Rydell. That's R-Y-D-A-L-L. So The Abundance Project, which is funny because I run something called The Abundance Projects, which is where we donate a percentage of our uh, proceeds every month to people and projects in need. I actually started The Abundance Projects before he wrote his book, but regardless, it's a great title for what he's doing. These books are definitely spiritually, uh, I would say, very spot on, and then also beyond that, 
they allow you to realize that life happens through you and not to you. So you're no longer a victim to life. You're very much empowered to be um, the creator of your own destiny and reality, which of course we are anyways. And what I really liked about the Abundance Project is the concept of the law of circulation, which is where whenever we don't just hold on to things with a scarcity mindset, oh, we save all of our money, we start to make some money, or we're scared because of the economy, we're scared because of this and that, we start holding on and we don't really give. It's not just about donating money, but I mean hiring people whenever you really should. You could hire someone and grow your business more, even though at first it's going to be difficult. You might have to take a big pay cut yourself for a few months or whatever it might be. Or we're just not spending as much money in general, and that's how the economy can dry up. And during like the Great Depression, for example, there was an abundance of food in a lot of areas. They even had to bring carts of food and throw it out into the ocean because they had so much in parts of the nation. I'm not saying everywhere, of course. But there was very much a scarcity mindset. So once it set in, everyone was like, no, we have to hold on to what we have. We're just going to save and protect and keep what we have. And what happens is that actually works against you, not just for yourself, but for everyone. So whenever you're circulating the good that you're receiving, you're giving out, you're also allowing people to circulate to you. You're not afraid to receive. You're not afraid to charge the value and the money you're worth for the things that you do in the world. You're in, you basically can become a larger channel for life to come through you and have the abundance that you deserve and, of course, that is given to you. Everyone has the right to that abundance. So the next one is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I read this one earlier this year. Excellent book. The Big Leap is about hitting the upper limit problem. This is actually something I had never come up to in any book that I've ever read. I've read a lot of uh, like self-improvement, self-help style books in the past, business books, a lot of nonfiction like that. And the upper limit problem, the idea is that whenever things are going well, you have a great week of staying on your diet and not cheating, or you are lifting or working out or doing your martial arts training consistently, and you're finally getting a lot stronger and a lot faster, or your business is going well, you're starting to see the numbers increase, and then something happens. You get injured, or you're doing great with your relationship with your spouse, and everything's good for a few days or good for a few weeks, and then something happens. And you see these cycles, they just keep happening. Everything will be good for three weeks and then a fight for three days. Good for a few months and then a big fight for five days. And so I've seen these cycles in my life and I've seen that we create these upper limit problems. What happens is that we come up against the threshold of what we're comfortable with. To go past that threshold, we have to be willing to expand ourselves and our personal concept of what we're capable of doing. And if you're not willing to do that unconsciously whenever we hit that upper limit, we knock ourselves back down. So it's like a thermostat. Imagine that you set your room to a particular temperature, and when the temperature goes above that, um, you scurry on over and you put it back down to 75 degrees or whatever because you're not used to it being at a temperature higher than that. And it's very, very interesting, very, very good book. Highly recommend The Big Leap. The next one is one of my favorite martial arts history books called Spring Wind. The Story of the Japanese Martial Arts by David McCullough. Um, David McCullough has written some other really, really good historical overviews, or I don't even know the right term for that genre, but Spring Wind was absolutely incredible. I enjoyed getting to go through the history of how Japanese martial arts developed 
and all the different styles that came out of it. And I really feel like as I'm training now, even doing kata or doing any types of martial arts training, specifically from Japan, so Shotokan Karate or um, some of the Bojutsu and Okinawan techniques that I do, I feel a, more of a connection to why they, they were developed and how they were developed. And they have more meaning now because of the history to it. So one of my favorite martial arts history books. So the next one I'm a little uh, reticent about uh, recommending, but it's The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. I read this one also in 2012. I'll admit that initially I was so gung-ho. I'm like, oh, this is so amazing. He found this way to only work a few hours a week and hire people out to do everything. And of course, it sounds incredible. So I, in a way, attempted to do this, and I started an online business as I was running my martial arts school as well. And um, I empowered my team and I made them partners in the martial arts school so they had profit sharing percentage. And then I was running the online business and attempting to travel more and just do things where other people were taking things on. Long story short, about eight months in, my two key people at my martial arts school quit on me and I had to take over everything again. I'm not saying that that happens to anyone who tries to be an absentee owner or a little bit less, I would say less connected, but also I was attempting to empower my team so that I could op open multiple locations. I wanted to make sure that it could work well. But in my case, it did not in that situation, uh, which could potentially be a whole other podcast episode. But the book itself actually teaches some really great concepts. Obviously, the 80-20 rule, um, you know, the Pareto principle, um, just eliminating and automating things that you really shouldn't be wasting your time on. And the idea of not waiting until you're older, not waiting until you retire to finally travel and enjoy your life. You should be doing those things now. Like if you love to travel or if you love to do staycations or whatever it is, don't wait. Don't just put it off for 20, 30 years. Save your money until you do it. Just the overall general feeling of enjoying and designing a life, lifestyle design. He really created this unique category of lifestyle design. And literally, we're so blessed to be able to do this at this time and history, right? That's not something you could do a couple hundred years ago when you had to work on the farm and you had to make sure you had food and water just to survive. We are very blessed to be able to design our lives and we can design the most purposeful, purposeful life and the most enjoyable life if we can align ourselves with why we were born. So I really like that book because of that. So the next book is called Give and Take by Adam Grant. It's a book that talks about how most of us are givers or takers or being somewhere in the middle so whenever you're a giver, you would think that you're going to be less successful. You're always helping. You're always serving. You're stopping your work so you can help someone else. You're stopping what you're doing to go serve. But what he found is that the absolute highest performers, the very highest performers in different industries and fields are actually givers. It's a very small percentage, but the ones that are actually up there are at the top of their league. So it was very encouraging for me as a giver to realize with actual studies, actual facts, that giving can allow you to win. It's not that you have to trade your soul to be successful. Uh, you can have both, essentially. So the other books I'm going to talk about are really just more personal interest. It's Time Traveler's Guide to Medieval England by Ian Mortimer. I really like medieval Europe, especially medieval England. The Time Traveler's Guide is really fun. Um, you pretty much walk the, sh walk the path of a 14th century medieval Englander and you're traveling around and you're learning and just experiencing life and very, very fun. He actually has one for 
Renaissance England and um, a couple of other time periods of England. I've actually read all of them. The other one is called The Outcast of Time. It's a fiction, the only fictional book on my entire list, which says something about what I typically read, but it's really, really good. It's a time-traveling style book, but it's fictional, where someone has uh, only seven days left to live, but each day is a 100 years in the future. So he's like in 1350, and then like 1450, and then 1550, and it's all in England. It's by the same author, Ian Mortimer, but it's a fictional book. It's really, really good, though, extremely well-written. And then The Etymologicon by Mark Forsyth. I really like etymology. I like language. I've studied um, the history of Latin and Spanish and English, especially since I speak English and Spanish. And etymologicon is very, very fun because you see how different words are connected that you would never expect are connected, but they are. And it's just a, a, a interesting um, ride, definitely. And last, I didn't mention many martial arts reference books. And that's because I typically use them as reference. So rather than it being a book I recommend to totally transform your life, I have quite a few books that are for particular styles of martial arts, for different weapons, and I like to review them and understand how they do the art differently than the way I do it, or just to get little tips here and there. But there's quite a few there, and I don't want to list all of them. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode today. We went really deep today. I definitely would like for you to ask any questions that you'd like answered in future episodes. If you would take a moment to also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening to the podcast, I'm very grateful for that. Thank you for taking the time to do that. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Continue training, learning, and spreading abundance.